Hi, Stephen Green here from the Property Investment Academy and uh, welcome to our podcast series. Uh, I get the feeling that they might have the name changed because uh, Tommy just suggested that we call them Cup of Tea with Stevie G. So it uh, might end up sticking. So uh, I'm here today with, uh, with one of my mentees, Tommy Iser, a great guy. Uh, he's got a lot of experience in the, uh, uh, in the property world got a construction background uh, straight from school but I'll let him share that with you uh, he's been taking some great action and I think uh, he's a great guy he says it as it is and he can share some great information with us so um, welcome today Tommy Heiser morning how are you nervous a little bit days. nervous yeah probably is this all right uh, once I get into it <clears throat> This is uh, you, you. You're not normally the type of guy who's uh, nervous, Tommy. Tell me why you're feeling a bit nervous. Just the cameras. The cameras, <laughs> mate. It's not it? the questions, really. Just the cameras. So, for the people out there that don't know Tommy, tell us a little bit about Tommy. Who, who's Tommy? What's your background? What is it exactly you, uh, you do? Tell, tell us about that. Thirty-three year old uh, from Redcar all my life. Uh, my girlfriend, my daughter, uh, self-employed as a uh, plumbing and heating engineer. Uh, I completed a elite in March. Uh, had a busy year. Uh, yeah, Jack the Lad, probably. Jack the Lad, yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, I have been um, at times. We'll, <clears throat> we'll come back to, uh, you mentioned elite there, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. Um, just tell us a little bit about Tommy then from, uh, from childhood. Give us a little bit about your background of, of uh, who you are. Let us uh, let let the uh, audience know a little bit more about you. Oh, uh, right then. I suppose I was quiet when uh, I was growing up. Uh, I always had that entrepreneurial side to me. So whether it was uh, selling club biscuits at school or. Uh, 25 pence cigarettes. I've always been uh, looking for a way to make money. Uh, I think, I don't know what else really. <laughs> so when did that start? When did uh, when did the uh, the first thing start with these uh, selling the cigarettes and things like that? Right, the, uh, the first thing I ever did was in primary school and uh, my dad worked for a company and he had a, he used to get little pen sets to uh, give to his customers. Anyway, anything that was uh, left, I used to knock them out in primary school. So there was, I think that was my first one until I got caught. <laughs> Try to think what else. And then, yeah, I suppose when I was in uh, secondary school, it was... Uh, I started off with the Club Biscuits from Safeway. Uh, Tell us about the Club Biscuits. What do you, exactly do you mean about the uh, the Club Biscuits? Well, I, I used to go to Safeway every night after school and I'd buy uh, three packs for a pound and uh, I used to take them to school the next day and sell them for a pound a, pound a packet. So I was making uh, good money from being 11, 12-year-old, 13, and then... Uh, I was going to say, there was a demand for <laughs> for selling cigarettes, so uh, I used to buy a packet and then I used to sell them individually, uh, make a few quid at the time, to be honest. Brilliant. So, 
Where do you think this came from? What was the what was the thing with selling biscuits and cigarettes? Where did it come from? Was it someone who influenced you in that? Did you watch your... Uh, I suppose I got brought up in that uh, environment. So whether it was my brothers selling cars, caravans. Uh, my granddad was a businessman. He had a coal merchant's haulage uh, property. So I suppose just growing up... It, uh, Part of my background is uh, it was always... It's been in your blood. Yeah, it's in my blood, yeah, yeah, just to try and make a few quid. So, uh, yeah, it's always been there from an early age, to be honest. And how did you feel about that? Was that something that you just naturally did or did it and insp- Like, did you... Uh, like, for me, I did similar sort of things. So, as a kid, um, uh, I got uh, one of the local footballers, Tony Mowbray. I managed to get his autograph and my dad photocopied it and exactly the same thing. I uh, I found a way quite quickly how I could exchange these uh, autographs for pens, pencils, rubbers, um, anything really that I could... Uh, get my hands on uh, but I used to I used to find that exciting as well it was the buzz of that that transfer of mm. uh, exchange of things was it, was it similar sort of thing for yourself yeah it, it always mm. used to be uh, it all come natural uh, and I suppose I was going to say I probably picked it up from all my family cousins uh, my brothers uh, my mum uh, definitely uh, all come yeah it was just I don't know, maybe not the buzz, but it was always just, uh, yeah, looking at ways just to make a few quid. So uh, I used to do quite well. I think I had more money when I was in school than, uh, yeah. than I do now, yeah, to be honest. But yeah, just all natural. Got Like I say, got brought up, uh, always doing a few bits and bobs. So what was I going to say, yeah. And then it progressed into mobile phones, computers. Uh, fireworks, anything I could get my hands on, to be honest. Brilliant. And uh, I, I believe, I, I know we've spoken about this before, I forget this, but um, so what, what's your age now? You say 33? 33 now. 33, yeah. but you actually bought your first property when you were quite young, didn't you? When Your first investment property, how old when you actually bought that? Uh, my first investment property was, uh, I think I was 18, wow. and it was a block of garages, um, I got left some money uh, and I went to see a, a financial advisor and he said, oh, we're going to put it into this. Uh, I remember one of the names was Japcom Tech. Uh, and I said, I'd rather put it on a racehorse, to tell you the truth. And he said, uh, oh, put it underneath me, mat- underneath me mattress. Uh, anyway, the company I was working for, Slingsby's Interiors and Redcar, they were, uh, they were into property bits and bobs. Anyway, I know um, the boss, he had a bit too much going on at the minute, but he'd been offered a block of garages. Uh, I think they were £10,000. Anyway, I says, right, it, uh, I'll have them off you if you don't mind. Did that. Uh, and at the time, I was getting those eight eight garages. Uh, I ended up getting <coughs> bid, bid up by somebody else. But I ended up when I went up, uh, and this is probably going back to my childhood about being able to do a deal. Uh, it was a bank holiday weekend, and the bloke who uh, he'd outbidded me by five hundred pound, uh, but he just forgot about it with with it being a bank holiday weekend. Anyway, I had a thousand pound at home in my safe, so I went up to the 
just like this old bloke's house, uh, took the thousand pound with him, went, did the deal, agreed a price, shook his hand, gave him the thousand uh, pounds as a deposit, and secured the deal there and then. Uh, and I suppose at the time, a street house in Redcar being seventy thousand pound maybe, um, and that had got me. I'm trying to think of the rent, maybe four hundred pound a month at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I knew straight away. I thought if I can get ten pound a, a garage, which I did. Um, if you compared, obviously a set of ten thousand pound garages uh, or eleven thousand pound garages to where. Uh, a straight house at seven times and you're getting the same rent or there up thereabouts. I thought it's a no brainer. Uh, and then actually a couple of years later So, so that, that was ten pounds a week per garage, is that right? Yeah per ten, garage. Ten pounds per week. Okay. Uh eighty pounds a week. So that was basically about what you're getting for a straight house uh, yeah. rent. Uh, and then the bloke who outbid me, uh I ended up selling them to him for 31,000 two years later. Brilliant. And then with that money, I put it down as, uh, I was 21 at the time, uh, and I got two flats. So I used that, built up a bit, had a few years rent off it, and then I got me, uh, I got me two flats that I've still got now. So you've always had an eye for it. So th th these garages, was that, um was was it? Would you say it was your boss that led you that way, or was it this this urge that you've had from a child, from the chocolate biscuits and the cigarettes? Was it was it was it that that uh, entrepreneurial side in you? From being a kid, yeah. uh, like I say, my granddad he had property, and my mum used to run that side right, uh, okay. for him. And well, after he died, really, so I always got uh, took around places, picking rent up, dealing with tenants, bits and bobs. Uh, so I'd always saw that property was a probably a good way just to make, I wouldn't have called it a passive income at the time because I'd never really heard of it being uh, sort of described as that, even until the, the like recently really. But I always knew that uh, I needed to get my hands on as many as I could <laughs> to, <coughs> to create an income really. Uh, and maybe not an easy income, but to create an income without having to go out and get it. Um, and then the company I did serve me time at, they were the same, they used to buy them. Uh, I was gonna say, anything that come on the market that, that they could get cheap, they buy them, do them up, send like us in. Uh, and they had quite a few properties themselves, but obviously speaking to me boss, or I call, still call him me boss actually, Speaking to uh, Mark, uh, I used to see that he'd make a lot, well, he used to have rent coming in every week, really. Good houses, good tenants. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose through uh, Mark, my family, a couple of older people I knew, they all seemed to be doing well and they all had one thing in common. They all had uh, property. So that was... Uh... <coughs> that was the path you were taking as well? Yep. Sorry, I've got an annoying cough at the moment. It's uh, something I've struggled to shake off. So there's a couple of questions I'd, I'd like to know, and I think it's uh, very interesting to share with the uh, with our listeners. So these these garages, you you bought them out. Did you say ten thousand? Uh, I was you supposed got... to buy them for ten thousand. 
Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the builder who had the block next door, he come to buy them, and he uh, he went to see the owner, and he said, "Oh, well, I'll give you ten thousand five hundred pounds." So it was eleven eleven thousand. And I ended up <coughs> when I went up to shake, shake his hand, uh, I paid eleven for them. Right, but, and you sold them for thirty one. What two years later? Third. Yeah, I think it it'll have been roughly two years later. Yeah. Uh, Not a bad deal, eh? No, maybe maybe a bit longer, maybe three years, but yeah. I think uh, I've had my flats twelve years, so I was probably twenty one. So right. give it two to three years I'd have thought. Yeah. But uh that was definitely uh I would have had <laughs> I would have bought a load more garages to be honest if I could have got them, just for the money that they cost and the rent that you got off them. Compared to street houses, so I still did you ever get him a drink for that? Get out your, your boss for that uh, twenty grand you made in a couple of years. He ripped me off my wages every week for <laughs> two. <laughs> you sacked me uh, if you watch this. Uh, so no, I didn't really give him a drink. All oh, right, but okay. He had his, uh, his pound of flesh out of me did whilst he, yeah. I worked for him. So Definitely. we're uh, all quits, you could say then. Yeah. Um, okay, a uh, couple of questions on on. Uh, uh, from that then, so what happened after that? So you've bought these couple of flats, what happened after that? Because I think, didn't you stay a little bit stagnant for a while? You didn't really move on, is that right? Right. Uh, so I got me two flats. Uh, and then, to be quite honest, I split up with my girlfriend and went on a bender for a few years. So that took my eye off. Uh, instead of saving me money up how I used to, I spent it all <laughs> going out partying and everything like that uh, until I built my own house uh, the house that I live in at the moment so you built your own house yeah from uh, scratch from scratch tell us about that uh, right so basically uh, let me think my family owned a piece of land uh, it was uh, my granddad's then it uh, it come down to my mum having a plot my auntie, my two cousins, and myself and my two brothers. So, uh, basically, yeah, uh, some people sold their share. We decided to build it ourselves, and then uh, my plan was to sell it, uh, but with a, with a profit. Uh, although I hadn't done anything for a few years, probably because... Uh, my old, like, the way I sort of got brought up with really was save your deposit 25%, put it down on a buy to let, save your 25 but I suppose when I was young and uh, I was spending all my money on uh, alcohol, yeah, I didn't progress really because uh, I wasn't saving my deposits up. Yeah, and and I think that that's... Uh... It, it, it tends to be the traditional approach. I did exactly the same thing of yeah. try and buy the new build property, save a deposit, try and wait for it to go up in value. And quite quickly, quickly uh, I learned that I'd used up all this money and it was a little bit, right, now what do I do? Shit. Yeah. Um, and I think that seems to be the, the approach most people tend to take at the mm. start. And um, for me, certainly, that was when I, I learned, <clears throat> right, okay, I've hit this sticking point. How am I going to get around it? And that's when I first started looking at buying below market value. And I know that's something that, that you do and you, you do quite effectively. So mm. um, so you've built this new... We'll come on to that. So you've built this new build property. And what year was that? Uh, 
he got signed off 2000 and. <coughs> 10, I think. 2010. And then, and then you've, you, you've not done anything from that point up until um, up until this year. Is that right? So you'd add... Yeah. Uh, so basically, from us getting the... the pro, Well, it didn't go smoothly uh, for a few different reasons. Uh, probably a clash of personalities with my brothers. Uh so that took longer than it should have done, really. Uh, but when we got it done, all signed off. Uh, or it'll have actually, it'll have been, uh, <coughs> I think it was 2012, because the insurance has just run, uh, like the indemnity insurance has just ran out. Is that what you call it? Or, uh, yeah, the insurance has just ran out this year. So... Um, didn't go smooth, plenty of learning curves. Uh, what I did then was, we put it on the market, struggled to sell it. Uh, probably because with all the new builds going up in the area, um, I was going to say, so I ended up moving in with my girlfriend home with at the moment. And then, uh, my plan was, sell it, get me money out, put so much into another, uh, down on a house to live in, and then invest the rest. But my old-fashioned way of thinking was, oh, well, whilst I've got that money in there, the bigger deposit I put down on it, uh, the less my mortgage is going to be every month where yeah. now I'm trying to get the money back out because <laughs> I know what I can do with it instead of uh, thinking like it's the 1990s and, and I think a little bit uh, mortgage down there. A little bit like me, you were living in that one, weren't you? We've just had a, we've just had a power cut there. Um, and I think that that's what us developers tend to do. I'm certainly living in a building site at the moment, um, mm. building the house bigger and bigger. And we've had a, it looks like we've had the uh, the power go off. So maybe we can uh, get that uh, get that turned back on. Um, you'll have seen that as you come in. And I, be I believe that's the same for yourself, or Tommy. That <coughs> you've lived in that. Uh, Why you were doing that as well? Is that right? You were. Uh, uh, no, it actually. Uh finished it apart from carpets it was all decorated so basically it was so you weren't living in this one it was separate to your own house was it no uh it was on we'd completed it to sell right it was okay. on the market but i was living in uh, a flat at the time and i got my new girlfriend and whilst that was stood empty i thought right i'll move in uh the house is going to look better furnished carpets furniture in because basically it was just a uh, Concrete floors, uh, so I thought if we can get in, put curtains up, make it look lived in, it'll help sell it. Yeah, no, no, I agree, um, and it's it's something that um, uh, I've often used uh, the same technique as that as making it look lived in, put furniture, in, especially when you sell them and things. Like that. I think I picked mm. that up from uh, one of Sarah Beanie's uh, shows uh, uh, back probably ten years ago. Oh, lights are back on again, power's back on. Um, <clears throat> So I want to ask you a couple of things. So we've 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 moved on up to this to this point. What exactly was it that attracted you to the training with myself? Because um, you've obviously had this period from two ten to twelve where you haven't really done anything up to two eighteen, uh, and then you've gone on the the uh, the training with ourselves. What was it exactly that made you do that? What give you that mojo back to uh, to think right? I'm get, I'm getting back into this again and I'm uh, moving forward. Right. So. Uh, I was working for a firm 
uh, for a plumbing firm, and basically, I was at, I was earning a wage where that was it forever, unless I was to go into management or something, which probably doesn't suit me. Uh, I was earning the wage that uh, I'd have earned that for the next 20, 30 years yeah. till I retired. Uh, so I, su- I suppose the first thing with it was, I thought, right, I'm going to have to have a big 10 years from 30 to 40. So my first thing was uh, put my notice in, went self-employed. Uh, and I suppose that was taking action, but I didn't re- didn't look at it in that way of uh, how I would do now. Uh, so that was my first thing. And then I thought, right, if I want to get these houses and bits and bobs, because I always knew that I needed to get more. Uh, and I used to have like a target of five in my head. So the uh, two rental properties that I did have, I thought, right, I need to get to five. And that had cleared me, my bills, everything every month. Uh, and then I thought, when I'm working for myself, I'll be able to work at times that suits me, really. Anyway, started on my own, had a good first year. Uh, and then it was my brother-in-law, uh, Nicky, who was on Elite, like the first uh, course. Uh, and basically, I was just looking at some of the results he was getting. Uh, I thought, right, I'm going to have to have a go of it. Uh, if he can do it. As a novice, yeah? As a novice. <clears throat> I thought, I can do it when I've got, uh, obviously been in the building game for 16 years. Uh, if he can do it, I can do it. So I thought, right, just need a bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I went on the one-day one course in the de- December. Uh and that one day course really was just enough for, to make my mind up. I thought, right, I need to do it. Uh, the money, I suppose that was a problem. Uh, you, when, you, when you've been brought up in that sort of old, old fashioned way, or you get your money and you do things like this, and it was like, to go spend, spend that uh, on something, to me, <laughs> and I suppose to everybody else, it was just massive. Yeah. Really, and it was like, oh, well, what I could do with that instead is yeah. uh, this and that. But turns out, from me going on the one-day course, uh, I think personally, I, on the one-day course, I enjoyed the mindset. Like, the little bit, bits and bobs, I'd started reading a few books uh, that Nicky had told me to. Um, and then, yeah, I thought, right, I need a piece of this. I think I'd come away on the Friday... Uh, page on the Saturday, uh, and then that that was it. Rest history, I suppose. Rest history. So, just for the uh, for the listeners, just to because um, you mentioned Nicky there. Now, um, the, the the training that we actually done, Nicky was uh, one of the first four guys that I trained at elite level um, on the seven day training, and uh, he had no previous experience. He had nothing at all, did he? Literally, just uh, well, he <coughs> excuse me. When Nicky first came to us, he uh, the first thing he said was. I want to buy a property for my son mm-hmm. uh, for when he's older. Uh, that that was his initial his initial thing. Um, he's uh, uh, we're going to bring Nicky on to one of the podcasts, so we'll, we'll, we'll hear his story. So I don't want to steal all his thunder, um, but he's built a substantial portfolio, hasn't he, within a, a short period of time. So mm-hmm. I can see how you on the outside looking in at your brother-in-law guy with no experience, um, no building experience, really, like yourself as well. As, as come in and made such a big impact. I can see how that would have had an influence on yourself. 
Um, so for the listeners, the, 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 the training, the elite level, what you've done is seven days intense training with 12 months mentorship on, on the back of that. So what? tell us what you've done since Elite. So you've done your Elite training in March this year. March, yeah. What have you done since then? Right. Uh, so since coming off Elite, uh, I partnered up with uh, Luke Collins, a lad I went to school with. We've lost the power again. Let's just uh, keep going. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I, I, even before we went on Elite, we'd spoke. Uh, obviously, we're in the in the group on Facebook we'd had a chat uh, anyway we decided to get picnets in town uh, so what's picnets just tell us what picnets is what exactly is that yeah so picnets uh, to me obviously living in red carts the old fishmongers uh, just an old building that had problems with uh, burglaries to being in whilst it had been stood empty and uh, I think it become a burden for the person who owned it. Uh, I know the person moved to Spain and they wanted out of it, so I know Steve uh, helped us uh, to get it. But basically, yeah, it was a shop uh, with three flats above it. Yeah. Uh, three one-bedroom flats. And what have you done with that? So, uh, first of all, because we wanted to get, obviously, the way we've uh, structured the dailies, we wanted to get in, do a quick turnaround, as and get get the uh, get it sort of rented out uh, to cover its costs. So, I think within about six weeks of getting the keys, we had uh, tenants moving. So we've done quite a lot of work: new kitchens, new bathrooms, uh, fully decorated, new carpets. Uh, yeah, so I think it'll have been about six weeks to the date of getting the keys. That we had people moving, and the but the bar downstairs that's finished now. I've just seen the, yeah. the opening of that. So uh, tell, tell us about the bar. So what have you done on that bottom floor? So to what was I say? Basically, our uh, what we were go- going to do with it was <coughs> uh, obviously strip it out because it smelt of fish. <laughs> so we've took the took the floor up because uh, that was ingrained with the smell of fish. Uh, Took all the walls back. Uh, we opened it up because basically it was a little shop at the front with a little single door, but we've opened it right up. Uh, so anybody who was going to move in in the future, uh, there was a nice area uh, like to, to use, really. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, we'd spoke to uh, Damon and Sean, uh, who've took it over, uh, about it, and then... They said they were going to do it, and then they weren't they weren't sure, and then uh, they come back to us just as I think we'd straightened all the walls up, um, put a new floor down. We want to show a few people around, then they come back to us. This is what we want to do. Works for us. Uh, I've come to a few agreements uh, since we've done it. They've gone in, and then basically they've just. Uh, the job that they've done in it is unbelievable, really. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what now. Tell us what that is exactly. What is the uh, what is the bar? What's it been called, and what, what uh, is it? The bar's called the Prosecco Quarter. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it's probably the probably the the smartest 
uh, <coughs> bar that's open down that end of town. Yeah. Uh, the northern quarter, I think they call it. Yeah. No. And that uh, was the opening last week, was it? Or two, was it two weeks ago, last week? Yeah, last, uh, last week. week. And how did that go for the opening night? Oh, they rang the bell with it, to be honest. Uh, <coughs> and I think the way they've done it, uh, they haven't gone in cutting corners or anything like that. They've gone in done a proper job, which is good for us. Um uh, They've spent a lot of money in there. The way they're doing it is they're going to be there for a long time. Yeah, and that's good for you, yeah. So that's good good from our side of it. Instead of one of uh, where they just pop up, put a pallet and uh, something in place. And it must be rewarding to see that, that you've, uh, you're the owner of this uh, this building with the flats and, and that bar and... Um, especially the attention it's got, because it's been in the media and stuff like that, hasn't it? I've seen a couple of articles in the local papers and things like that. So how how does it feel to actually uh, own a bar like that and be part of something like that? Uh, When when you've grown up in Redcar, uh, and you see all these buildings that have, I suppose, maybe in a run-down area, or I say run-down, it's really on its way back up now, but... I was stood outside a bar having a drink in the summer and you look at the building and you think, it's mine that. Uh, uh, and then when you see what it was like when we first got the keys to what it's been turned into now, it's unbelievable really. Uh, and it's great to see uh, Damon, Sean and Cameron doing that job, investing in the area and... Uh, to see it go from one to the other, unbelievable, to be honest. Yeah, and and, and for, for me, it's um, <clears throat> like I'm proud of the fact that I've taught you and uh, showed you how to work on these uh, larger projects mm-hmm. and um, for you to go on to do that and, and, and to make a good profit from this as well because uh, uh, what's the value of that building? What did you actually buy it for and what is it What is it valued at now? Uh, we paid 120 for it. So 120,000 back in when was that? Uh, it completed in June. In June, okay. And you've and just completed it now? We're, yeah, so the bar's open. We've just had a bit more plastering done in the hall stairs and landing. Uh, so we just need to decorate that boat. Uh, we spoke about getting the valuation on it and we're hoping for, uh, well, I think conservatively, we should do 180000 all day long, but yeah. I think it could, but with a job that, it's been done. They're all rented out. I think it could achieve anywhere up to possibly even two hundred and twenty. Okay, that's, uh, so a hundred thousand pound equity gain. What was the spend on that job? The spend on it, uh, without us doing the bar, I think we have been into it for about thirty. We don't. Okay. We, we've just been putting everything together together at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think thirty, even maybe up to forty. But, like I say, we've had good rent coming off it from more or less straight away. That's covered uh, all the fees every week. Yeah. Uh, It's helped us pay uh, builders, bits and bobs. So, yeah, I think, uh, say 30, but with it being our first project as well, uh, maybe went over a bit, but... yeah. there's been a lot of learning curves with it as well. Uh, people who've had doing jobs, uh, dealing, mer- dealing with merchants, uh, every- everything really. Yeah. Uh, de- dealing with tenants. Uh, 
I suppose. Just... And I think that's just uh, <coughs> part of that that learning curve um, when you're doing bigger projects like that. So there's potentially what there's, a, there's well, at least uh, a sort of thirty k equity to, gain. To, to be to be uh, quite honest, what we were going to do is we were just going to go in. The flats really didn't need. They were there. There was a kitchen there. They needed a a bit a bit of money spending on them, so we could have done it. Uh, I'd been round and I'd priced it that would do it for about eleven thousand. Uh, so that was the original plan. But if we were just going to go in and titivate it, uh, obviously our aim is to maximise. Uh, so this is something that we've sort of learned. The way we're doing it, we need to maximise, uh, get the building up at, to as high a value as possible. So, uh, what we spoke about, uh, so between me and Luke, we'd said, right, look, if you go in and do this, yeah, that'd have been okay, but there was one bedroom flats empty in the area. So what we decided that we were going to do was, look, we need to be able to compete with the others. Uh, and make them to a, a high standard. So, th- like thinking about that, we were like, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do it for this, but we want to increase the value as much yeah. as possible to get as much <clears throat> as much yeah. back out of the back end when you as much out so... as the back end, and uh, to give us a better chance of continue like getting the rent in it every yeah. week. Uh, and I know if they were to become empty, we could fill them uh, straight, away. straight away. So tell me what the rent is. What's the, what's the profit margin on the rent? And what what's your actual mortgage payments? Uh, and what is the income of the rent? What are you cash flowing on that, that particular building? Uh, the rent at the moment, we're getting uh, $4.80 a week uh, between the shop and the three flats. Okay. $4.80 a week. Uh, and, and what's the mortgage amount? The mortgage... It's about uh, to be flipped onto a mortgage now, is that right? Yeah, so we spoke about valuation, but I expect the mortgage to be about 5%, with it being uh, mixed use. Okay. Uh, if we say we were to get 200,000, uh, what would that be? Top of my head. Uh, 10,000 a year, maybe. Yeah. I can't think off the top of my head, but... Uh, it's going to contribute massively to man Luke's income. Yeah. Uh, so if you're getting... I do have uh, these figures down somewhere, uh, to be honest, but... Uh, okay, yeah, I know I'm shutting you on the spot a bit here. So if, 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 let's say if it's 75% of uh, 200 grand, so we're at 150,000. Oh, yeah, course it is, yeah. So... 7,500 uh, on the mortgage. 7,500, yeah, okay, there, sorry. we've triggered it. So 7,500 coming, uh, going out, sorry, on the mortgage, and you've got 480 a week coming in. Yeah. Um, which is what about 23, 24 grand a year? I think, uh, we've lost uh, the lights again. I think 23, 24 grand a year. So uh, twenty six thousand off the top of my head. Twenty six thousand. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're clearing. You're clearing best part of nineteen thousand pound. I guess you've got a bit of insurance and things like that yeah, to come out of that. But be, uh, insurance. <coughs> where we're doing it. Um, yeah, we've got. Uh, a few bills to pay out of that uh, Wi-Fi because we'll put we'll put Wi-Fi in um, just to help it 
some moves into a flat. Okay, yeah. Uh, they've got Wi Fi, they've got a. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say, the council tax uh, included in that price. So we're paying that just to make it easier for the people who are using it. They yeah. turn up with a bag. Straight in. Uh, straight in. <clears throat> okay, so what, what do you think you're clearing out of that? Maybe it's 15 grand yeah, or something? About, about 15 grand? We're going to clear 15. You're going to clear yeah. 15 off just one deal alone, yeah. um, which is brilliant. Uh, massive congratulations on that. Um, so what in total, because uh, I know we're, uh, we're quite pushed on for time here, and I know you're busy. I know you've got to get yourself back to work. You're actually... Uh, Jump straight into uh, <clears throat> into this today from in between your jobs. Uh, what what jobs have you got on today? You fitting a boiler or something like that? Is it? Uh, I should be fitting <clears throat> a boiler, <laughs> but I was gonna say I got up this morning about the price of job, uh, and I've been around two other projects that me and Luke are doing. Uh, so you're still on the uh, you're still on the look, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me what else you've been up to in regards to... I, I don't want you to go into full detail because I know you've been up to so much and we, we, we'd be here for a week if we were to talk into all the stuff that you and Luke have been doing because it's massively uh, massively inspirational. I'm hoping that we can get Luke um, on one of the podcasts as well at some point. So in total, what's the, what's the amount of property portfolio that you've built up since March this year? Tell us, tell us what that figure is roughly. Right. Uh, There'll be four twenty. It's a four hundred and twenty thousand pound. With the bits that I've done with Luke, uh, I've actually got a property completing this week. Uh, that back end's going to be the value was said one twenty, but I think it'll be higher, possibly one forty. Uh, we could have had a few more, but. Um, would have been overstretching ourselves, so we knocked one of them on the head. I'm going to but, come back to that because I've heard I've heard you've been overstretching yourself a little bit as well. So, um, four hundred and twenty thousand pounds of property you've built up since March this year, and massive, massive congratulations on that. That that's uh, uh, very, very impressive. What what income have you cleared out of that? So after all expenditure, after all mortgages, what is the what are you actually cash flowing from all of those properties since March? Right, uh, so obviously we've got uh, <clears throat> the shop and the f- three flats uh, done. We're waiting to put those on a mortgage, so that's going to bring us in about 15,000. Uh, the other two properties that we've got, they should be completed early January, or say the m- middle of January. Um, one of them is going to bring us in 650 a month, uh, so that's one that we've put a dormer on. So we've got a two-bedroom bungalow. We've changed it, put a great big dormer on, raise a picture of the roof, um, again, to maximise the profit. We've turned it into a five-bed, and that's going to clear, uh, I think it's 7500 a year. Uh, Brilliant. Sorry, it's going to get, uh, the rent will be about 7500 7, uh, 7, um, And I think that's going to put about four hundred uh, four thousand pound a year into the pot right uh, the other one brilliant uh, I was going to say we bought it cheap uh, and that one's going to do we've done it as a five bed HMO at full occupancy it'll do 25,000 uh, maybe 27 I think 
Right. Uh, so between those, the three flats that are completing this week in Gisborough, uh, I think I'll replace my plumbing wage. Uh, that I set out when wow. I uh, went self-employed. By March, I think I'll replace the wage, um, replace my income really. So you become completely financially free. So that'll be by what March? Did you say? Yeah, should be March. <laughs> so uh, in twelve months, you've become completely financially free. I will have done. Um, which is absolutely brilliant. I'm not taking anything away from you because it's it's amazing that you've both done that. Um, I do know you're a massive action taker. I know Lucas as well. Tell me about you overstretching a bit too much, because this is something that I talk about a lot, and I did warn you of this, and I believe you you have uh, you have overstretched at times, haven't you? Tell me about that, and how 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 much have you overstretched, and what does that look like? Uh, right, overstretching. Uh, to be brutally honest, with the information that you get. And the the possibilities are endless with it, really, because you you know how to achieve it. All this, uh, what was I gonna say? You you've got it in your head. You're thinking, look, this time next year, I'm gonna be uh, I'll be able to get up, take my daughter to school, and because of that, and you're thinking, right, well, if we do this and if we do that, and if we do this and if we do that, but. Uh, you can get caught up in it. Maybe not lose your way because the way we the way we have done it. Um, I was gonna say yeah, we're we're in a really good position, but we were gonna buy a pub to convert into ten flats, and it was lucky that uh, it got pulled really because uh, they wanted us to complete in a certain amount of time, which we weren't comfortable with. Uh, but if we were to do that, it'd have probably killed us. So, uh, so yeah. what has the overstretching done? Tell me how. What does that look like with regard? I'm guessing cash flow, right? Because that's yeah. what I always say: cash flow is king, and it's that is your only threat in property. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, how desperate has that cash flow got? How, how low have you you stretch things? Uh, I had to look down my van seat for my dinner money uh, when I've been working. Wow! <laughs> so that's uh, and. If I had my time again, yeah, I maybe would have gone a bit slower, but then again, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm going to be in January, um, in March, so it's been hard. Uh, I've learnt from me, my mistakes, and I'd tell anybody else if they were going to do it, just uh, plod along a bit. Like, go a bit slower. Go a bit slower because, yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah there's been time, well, it, it's probably been the hardest year of my life. Uh, is that because of lack of cash? Because you've you've, you've overstretched on your funds. When yeah. you say one of the hardest, what's the reason for it being the hardest? That's lack of funds, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, basically just lack of funds. <clears throat> <laughs> and it, but it's because you you think to yourself, uh, I'm going to spend this money to do that because I want to get to that point, and then because you know it's going to come round in a cycle. With me working as a plumbing and heating as well, because I haven't been, I've been trying to do work for both sides of it. When I'm doing these bits, I aren't earning my plumbing wage. Um, so this morning, I've been running around, uh, 
met some plasters here, met a plumber on another job. Uh, I had to go price a job. So I aren't earning any money there. So because I'm caught between the two, uh, I haven't. I probably haven't earned as much as I did last year. I've, I've got by. Yeah. Uh, You've took your eye off the ball a little bit because you're trying to juggle these, yeah. <coughs> these uh, two things, right? So. But I know it's going to come round from January. Yeah. Uh, next year, where if I wanted to jump in a property full time, I could do. But I'm actually going to focus a bit more on my plumbing. Yeah. Uh, we'll come on to that one second just hold that one second we will come on to that Um, because I just want to I want to make that point as well because the reason that the reason I want to make this point is because I made exactly the same mistake I overstretched myself and at one point I had six projects on the go Um, I bought 33 properties in 12 months I did massive value to my portfolio completely increased my uh, my cash flow but why I was actually in it it's it's that shiny object syndrome and I'm guessing you had the same thing where once you've learned how to structure those deals and you see the profit that can be made from property mm-hmm. you start seeing opportunities everywhere and, it, and I'm guessing I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth but I'm guessing like me you probably thought there's 10 grand there's another 20 there's another 25 and before you know it, you've got more projects on than, than what you can handle, right? So, uh, so yeah, bit, well, two, two of the properties that we've got, if they're at maximum occupancy, they'll be doing 25, 27,000 a year. So yeah. we were actually going to do another one of those. And then straight away you go from 25, 50, 75,000. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, you are, well, do you know what, uh, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other. Um, and you don't want to lose the deals, right? Because you, you, this is this is my issue, that you see a deal, you see how much profit can be made, and you don't want to lose it, and I'm, I'm guessing that's yeah, the well, same sort of thing. Uh, well, the knowledge that you get, you are like a kid in a sweet shop, and you're thinking, yeah. uh, and it because, I suppose we talked earlier about uh, did you get a buzz from it? Uh, selling club biscuits at school, and I, I can't remember ever thinking to myself, "Do you know what? Oh yeah, I'm buzzing. I just sold that pack of biscuits for a quid, right?" I can't ev- ever remember thinking about that. But this uh, property job is just like uh, you do get a buzz from it. You when. When when we've uh, had some offers accepted, or when you're dealing with someone and uh, you're doing a deal with someone, it, even when I've done things in the past with still saws or motorbikes and cars and that, it's always good to get a deal. But this property job is like uh, you do get a buzz from it. Yeah. So I suppose when we've been in places and we've put a bid in and. You, yeah, uh, you definitely do get a buzz, uh, a buzz from doing the property, like the property side of it. It's probably, uh, well, it's the best thing I've ever, ever done, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I'd agree. I get that exactly the same. Uh, yeah, and be, the same because buzz of that buzz, you you're like, yeah, I want to do that again. Driving and forward we, more and more, yeah. Yeah, and we, and we do. Uh, 
we probably do need, well, we've, we've realised that we have to slow it down a bit, but, what was I going to say, the way we're thinking now, <coughs> these are nearly done, so we've already got the next ones lined up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we're talking all the time about uh, what we're doing next and things like that, so I think a couple of the ones that we've done, we're going to repeat that. Uh the one that we're doing, the five-bed uh, HMO in red car. When it's come together, boom, we're going to take all of that, just repeat it and repeat it. So where we're doing maybe, where we've done one of those this year, uh, we'll probably do two next year, maybe yeah. maybe three. Uh, like I say, now we're starting to build up an income. Uh it's just going to get easier and easier and easier just to keep on doing it, really. Brilliant. Um, right, we're getting towards the end. I just want to ask uh, a couple of last questions before we uh, we, we finish off. Um, let, just just first about your, your own business. So um, tell us a little bit about that and listeners sort of in the local area of um, what you can offer people out there because you're still keeping your uh, plumbing business. So tell us what qualifications you have. What do you offer? What's unique about you? And why should people in the area come to you for, for their plumbing services? Uh, I'm the best plumber in the area. Uh, <laughs> I maybe am. Confidence, I like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm good at my job. Uh, there's a few areas that I need to improve. Uh sort of the what do you call it the uh, like normal plumbing issues maybe my, a bit of timekeeping I know that uh, because of all this but I'm going to go big time back into it uh, early next year going to start building uh, my company up take on some employees uh, so that'll help with the reliability I don't think there's any plumbers that are reliable, is there? And I think, um, I, just one second on that, and I think that that's partly because I sympathise with you, Zia, that with plumbing, you deal with a lot of emergency jobs, right? And you kind of, somebody rings and says, right, I've got a burst pipe, and you, you're off to a job, and, and that can automatically have an impact on a, a job that you've you've had. And I, and I sympathise with you because I don't think any other tradesman really have as many emergency call-outs as, as what a plumber faces. Uh, I've... When I started for myself, uh, obviously I'm just a one-man band, so I can only get to so many places at, at once. And sometimes, uh, it's a, sometimes it could be whoever's screaming the loudest because uh, I set up to be like, like a reactive ma- maintenance firm. Uh, but then I suppose when that's not quite going, you take a boiler on, but then you, you'll get somebody else who wants... Uh, they need you there and then. Yeah. So then, especially if I'm doing a bathroom, if I'm there for a week at, uh, or over a week or something, you can soon get bogged down. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, reactive maintenance, boiler yeah. repairs. I'm commercially, uh, a commercial uh, engineer as well, so I've got working schools, uh, Darlington Way, something else that I want to sort of develop really. Uh, that side of it. So, how can people find you? So, what, what's the what's the plumbing business called? What how how does somebody search for if they're looking for a plumber right now? Uh, how do they search for you? 
Trusted Plumbing and Heating. Trusted Plumbing and Heating. And have you got a website, a phone number, or anything like that? Uh, 01642 uh, I haven't got a website at the moment, but I'm doing some uh, some business training with uh, Gemma in March. Uh, I'm going to get a website, get my marketing uh, going again. Um, yeah, do a lot of advertising. Or a lot more advertising. Yeah. But you, you get a lot of work, don't you? Because I, I know I've tried to get hold of you in the past, and you, you're under demand, aren't you? So you, you clearly do a good job. There's a, there's a lot of people who... Uh, uh, you've got a lot of repeat customers, haven't you? So clearly you, uh, the you, majority, you do a good, uh, good job. The majority of my work is uh, word of mouth, whether yeah. it's Facebook or... Uh, obviously, I get a lot of older people. Uh, once you do one for them, you're pick up work just uh, or you've done work for so and so can you come and do this so a lot of uh, I've been, well I've only got one ad, one adult to, to be honest yeah uh, and I don't really get a lot off it because where it, where I'm advertising uh, there's about 10 other plumbers in it so basically it's whoever they come to first really yeah. but uh, so yeah the majority of my work is... It's from uh, word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, just before we finish off, I want to ask uh, uh, two final things. So um, tell me one thing um, that you wouldn't do again or some of that, maybe some of that went wrong on one of the jobs or maybe maybe it's a humorous thing or something like that, a um, bit of a cock up on... On, on one of the jobs that you've, uh, you've 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 done, share something like that with me. And then, last of all, I'm going to ask you uh, the question of uh, what would you advise anybody going into uh, property development. So, first of all, just tell me something about one of your jobs, something that uh, something maybe humorous or something you've cocked up on, or something you certainly wouldn't do again. Uh, I think there, should, there could be. Not saying it's a cock up, uh, but we could have maybe if we didn't do three at the same time, uh, we could have probably panned each one a bit better. So it's the cash flow again. The cash flow is the the the, the biggest thing. So, um, well, yeah. If 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 we had bucketfuls of cash, would it been it would be able to do ten projects? Yeah. I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah, and. With the right planning, we could have concentrated on different areas. Uh, yeah. So with like your, that, to finish off, with your experience, because you've been in the building trade now for what? Um, coming uh, up 20 years, not? 17 years. <coughs> Since Seven- I was 16, yeah. 17 years. You've got quite a lot of experience in property. You've been in property for a lot of years. What would you advise somebody who's going into property development, maybe it's commercial or residential or anything like that? What would you finish off? Tell us, what would you uh, advice would you give uh, uh, the listeners? What's Tommy's words of wisdom? Oh, my words of wisdom. You need the right people uh, to do your work, especially if you're going to go for a, for a big project. Uh you need to build build a, a good team around you. So we've had a few people do jobs they won't be doing anymore. Uh, we've had some people who will be, and we'll uh, well they're already booked in for 
uh, January. Uh, yeah, build up. You need to build up a good, reliable team. Uh, so whether that's decorators, scaffolders, everything. Uh, and what you find is the more you're doing, the more you're just sort of getting rid of uh, idiots, I suppose, and you're getting <coughs> better people. Uh, I know I've been talking to some pastors today. Uh, they're keen to look after me uh, work-wise and money-wise because they see me as being, like, potentially a big customer in yeah. So it's a bit of give and take, really. Yeah. They're going to look after me. I'll continue to use them. Uh, the same with my builder. Uh, yeah, just definitely, you just need to get the, the right team Getting in Getting the right team is the key thing. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to finish off there. Thank you very much for that, uh, Tommy. Um, so just closing there, it was a, a great interview with, uh, with Tommy. Um, uh, if you search around this link, you'll be able to find other videos on the podcast with some of the other mentees that I've personally trained, some of them getting amazing results. Um, we've got people like Mike uh, Warlow, who's going to be uh, talking about his journey, what he's built up, another guy who's built um, up a, a million pound portfolio in 12 months. He's now uh, providing mortgages, so he's got another string to his bow. We've got some amazing people on the podcast. Make sure you do take a look at the uh, at the other videos. You'll also there's uh, other training videos within the uh, the YouTube channel. If you have a look around here, you'll be able to see uh, that there's free content on how to get started with no money, property recycling strategy, and and the mindset required for being successful in property and and it's one of my big things that you'll hear me talk on to a lot so uh, have a look around these videos i hope you've enjoyed that with uh, with tommy if you've had some benefit from that please do share it um if you'd like to ask any comments if you've got any questions sorry just comment in uh, below and uh, myself or tommy will be able to answer that for you and i thank you for joining us on this podcast <laughs>